welcome back to Voices by Viv. I'm your host, Riley Conroy, and today I am joined by Catherine Mack. Catherine is the CFO at Viv, and we're super excited to have her. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited for those. <laughs> um, so maybe just before we jump into anything else, you could just kind of give our, our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, maybe share um, how you got involved with Viv and why you had an interest in you know, working in the period care space, and also just like a little bit more maybe about your role and what you kind of oversee. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I went to Boston College with the founder, Katie. Um, and so we were like part of the same club, like spent probably too much time together. Um, and then coming out of college, I was like, I want to go to law school. So I spent a year at a really big long firm in New York um, and just felt like my hours were 80 to 100 hours a week. I was like, there was nothing that going on in my life other than work. And I felt like I need to do something different before I decided to go to law school. Um, and then I had talked to Katie like here and there and we were like, this would be so much fun for us to work on. I had like taken a couple of finance courses um, on entrepreneurship since I was a finance major. So we were sort of like, this seems to just be the perfect situation. Um, and then in August, I like pulled the trigger and I quit my job and then moved to Boston in September. And I felt like switching to Viv was just going to be a really cool opportunity to, to like work for a company that I not only supported what we were doing, but I supported the mission behind it. I feel like a lot of the other jobs that I was looking at post-college felt more like just another cog in the system, like doing what everybody else does to make the money and just, you know, live life. But I felt like I wanted to do something more than that. And um, Viv just happened to be like the perfect situation for me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like a really big, like life changing decision to make. How, like what, like obviously like you knew Katie and so you had some like conference in the company, but like, what was that transition like? Like I have to imagine like, it's pretty hard to go from pretty much two like polar opposite worlds and like come, come back to Boston to like work for a startup when you were in like a bigger city at a bigger job. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, at the law firm, it was like, I just, anything I said was wrong. Anything that I did was wrong. Like anything that like, it just, it shattered my confidence in a way that I feel like most, like any job just should not be allowed to do. Um, and oh my God, I hope nobody from there hears this, but that's just that. Um, but so yeah, so coming here, it was a really big change because I like, we work as a team. So I really don't feel like I have a lot of like, I'm not reporting to somebody in the same way that I have like a boss that's like, this is what you need to do. It was sort of like me coming in, like looking at what we had and figuring out like the best way to go about it. So that's certainly been really challenging, um, like figuring out the direction that I'm taking and then sort of like really working and realizing that I have power behind my decisions, um, like that they mean something, which is kind of cool, but has definitely been an adjustment to realize that like what I say matters. So like I can't, so I really need to like, fully have the confidence behind everything I say to like go and do it totally yeah. <laughs> do you think it like is law school still like in the cards for you like has this really kind of changed the trajectory that you're thinking for your career choice or is this just sort of like another experience that you're gonna have but you still ultimately think law school is the direction you're gonna go um I have played with that idea a lot I think that I still am very interested in law but I really like I feel like once I left college I was like I need to go to law school now I need to get my degree and be done and like have my life set like you know what I mean 
Um, and now it's more like I have time and like, I don't know where the rush is from. And it's really fortunate that I have this opportunity to like sit back and be like, let's have some fun for a little while. And then maybe if that's still what I want to do, um, reconsider it then. Um, but like, it's just been fun so far. I feel like working with our little team and like having all of our interns and everything like that has just been a really cool community to be a part of. And it's all people who like really feel for our mission. Um, so it's cool to like work with people that are similarly minded. Totally. I think it's really awesome. Like you have this like women run company and you have like this great mission that, that you stand behind. I feel like a lot of jobs like don't necessarily have quite as like strong of a, a vision and a mission the way that Viv does. So I have to imagine that's very like energizing and like makes you want to get up and like do work in the morning because it's like for something that you really believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like re- realizing that like we can make an impact um, and just almost like having it, like, cause as we've like, obviously advertised it a lot, like Viv is basically people making things for people like us. So it's really cool to be like, this is what I would want. And I believe that if I would want it, somebody else would too. And it's really cool to like work in that way and to realize like we are similar to some people out there and like some people will probably want what we have. And if they don't want that, like that's fine, but it'd be, it's cool to have like a voice about it, I guess. Totally. I think it's really amazing the way Viv has like become a voice in the space for, for a lot of folks. And like, I think periods are so personal, like it's like something that's like biological, like it happens and like it's, it's your period and everyone's just a little bit different. And so it's nice to, to have like a company that almost creates a community around something that like for so long, I think was isolating and a little bit like, stigmatized and and embarrassing in that sense and like I like that Viv is like really breaking down those barriers from like the the brand point of view but also like in the company like I hear I get to talk to all of you and everyone's like super open to talking about these things because it's like the nature of your work is like is to talk about this stuff so I think it's really awesome. I think that's super interesting because when I first started working for Viv it was a really interesting process to tell people about it because I feel like personally, it wasn't like something that I would talk about very confidently. Um, and so navigating that space of this is how I'm going to convey myself. And I definitely at the beginning was more like this is feminine hygiene products. And it was being like, we sell pads and liners, you know what I mean? Like, it was much more of how can I say this politely versus being like, here, I'm going to shove it in your face that we're selling things for like women's periods, you know, and I just felt like there was it just didn't feel natural to me at first. And I think I've definitely gotten better at that, but I'm still working on it because I feel like I've never been in a space where I've been like, let me tell you about everything that comes out of me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just, it was really weird at first. And, I, and I'm still working on that a lot. Yeah, I think it's like, it, you have to toe this line of like, you don't want to make someone else uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's like, well, why should, like, why would that person be uncomfortable from a period? Like, I exactly. think talks a lot about like how periods shouldn't be gross, like periods shouldn't be a dirty word, but yet people are like really put off by it. And like, obviously, like if you're going to tell like your parents or like someone like older than you or like someone you don't know really well about your job to be like, yeah. oh, we're like a menstruators like yeah. company, like we deal with periods. It's like kind of a lot for someone who's not like familiar with the space as much. But at the same time, I think it's, it's interesting that like even for for us who like are so comfortable talking about it you still feel the need to like sort of 
be reserved in certain situations and like watch what you say to kind of like fit yeah. in, so to speak, with like what people are comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. And like I was saying, I know periods are a really personal thing. Could you tell us a little bit about your period journey? I know you've had um, some sort of interesting, uh, an interesting history with your own period. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my, my, sorry, my period has been like a roller coaster. I think I got, I like, I don't even remember anymore, but I think I got my period when I was like 12, maybe like seventh grade, whatever it is, like whenever the average time is, like I didn't feel like I was early or late. And then I would get my period three times a month. So I was just like, essentially like constantly bleeding and like, it would be like maybe two to three days in between them. So that I would, I mean, it was nothing like super heavy, but it was just extremely inconvenient. And then we, so I tried like a ton of birth control pills to like regulate that and all of that. And I had gone through four different ones and each of them had their own side effects in some way. Like one of them gave me morning sickness. So I had to stop doing that. Um, another one just like had really like bad migraines or something like that. So I couldn't do that. And then eventually um, before I left for college, I settled on an IUD, which changed my life. And like, I tell too many people that I love it <laughs> too much. Um, but I got an IUD right before I left for college and then I've had one ever since. So it's been, I think almost six years now. Like I literally just got my changed, um, of having an IUD. So I haven't had my period in six years, like a definitive period, but I also run marathons and I've run a couple of them and I've learned that, which is totally normal, but some people and I do as well, like have a little period afterwards because your body is just overexerting itself to the point where like, I'm not sure if it's true if you don't usually get your period or if you do usually get your period. But so I like have a small little period after my marathon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not know that was a thing. Never run a marathon myself. I ran one half marathon <laughs> and did not have that experience. But um, I think it makes sense. Like, the obviously the like, overexertion of your body like mm-hmm. that, but that's interesting because I feel like when I usually hear about like periods with like extreme athletes or like doing like those intense events I usually hear about people who like lose their period because of running or like you know lose it because of just like being overactive mm-hmm. um but never so much of like what it's like to like get one or like get it back or, or, or things like that because I know for a lot of people like like athletes in general who lose their period for whatever reason um, because of like overexercising or whatever have like a difficult time getting it back. But since you're on yeah. the IUD, that's sort of like, that's not the issue at hand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's definitely very strange. It's, it's one of those things where I need to remember that I might get my period after like running. So I have to like travel and pack it. And like, I really, it's, it's really ironic working for a period care company and then realizing that you don't get your period. Cause I'm like, I would love to try all of these products, but I just like, I'm going to be honest, putting a tampon in when you don't have your period is like one of the worst experiences you can possibly have. So I really haven't tested it, but I wish I could. <laughs> that is so interesting. I think it's really, it's really interesting. Cause like I've always toyed with the idea of getting the IUD like because of like not getting a period because like that just sounds like a dream just to not have to worry about it but at the same time like I also it also freaks me out a little bit that I wouldn't be getting a period because like I know my body like wants to menstruate so like I'm like (laughs) yeah I feel like I should be getting one but then that's like I guess it's the question of like whether 
I'm on the, I, I, I'm on the pill. Like if that period quote unquote is like really a period, it's like not cause it's all like regulated by chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. I've been thinking more and more about like the different kinds of birth controls and like what's best for my body. But yeah, I think it's different for everyone. Um, and you obviously went through yeah. <laughs> lots of trials and tribulations to get where you're at. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a journey. I think, I mean, I think it's a pretty small amount that like lose their period entirely almost um, from an IUD. And like I'm on, what is it, the Marina? So it's like a hormone IUD. So it's not the copper one. Um, and it's like for five years. So, I mean, it's worked out well for me, but I know a lot of people like hate the like insertion process and like think that that's like one of the most miserable things that they've ever done. So I don't know if it's for everybody, but I've enjoyed it. <laughs> It's to me that you're like working for a period care pro- like company and you can't try the product because you're like, I mean, you <laughs> feel like tampons and like you can feel a pad or whatever, but you don't actually get to, to test it out. Yeah, it's, it's super, super weird. I will not lie. Is there anything like have you ever like when you were trying um, the various birth controls like at what point did like did the IUD like conversation start happening? Cause like, I remember for me, like I didn't even like know IUDs were a thing until I was in college and a couple people had them. And I was like, why didn't no one tell me about that? Like I always thought the pill was like the only thing that was like the only option that was really presented to me, which I think made sense for like the age I was at when I started it. But like, yeah, yeah like were, were you just at the point where you, the pill clearly wasn't working. So you needed other options. Like how did that conversation go? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I went and saw a gynecologist kind of early. Like I, I feel like I had gone to see one before some of my friends did. So it certainly wasn't like, I was just like looking it up online or anything like that. Like we had tried a bunch of things with her and she was like very, it was a very like communicative property uh, conversation, like process of, of it. But basically it was like, these pills aren't working. We need to figure out another solution. We can try using other pills, but I, first of all, I'm terrible with pills. Cause I like, am like, yeah, I'm going to set an alarm. And then I hear the alarm and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it later. And like, that is a terrible outlook, especially when it comes to birth control. So it was sort of like, let's do something that's a little bit more permanent and like a little bit easier to navigate for me at least. And being like, what? 16 at the time. I don't wait, what time do you, when you graduate high school? I don't know. 18 at the time. I was like, I'm not responsible. So I need to find something that can be responsible for me. And then they were like, yeah, we'll just, my mom was like, I think this is the good move before college. So just like one less thing to worry about. And then we tried it and it worked out fine. And I was like, this is okay. And then for a while though, I was like, is it okay that I'm not getting my period? Um, and I had to go through a lot of conversations to assure myself that like that was okay. You know, because it's like super, I feel like it's not very public for people to not have their periods um, for a reason that's due to like out of their control, I guess. Like I know of some people who don't get the period just because that's how like their body functions. But I think I've never really heard it of from people who were doing something in order to prevent it almost. Yeah. Um, so that was a interesting like journey to navigate as well. Yeah. I think that brings up a good point. Like everyone's, everyone's bodies are different. Everyone, everyone's periods are different. And it's as much as it is like a natural process and like, you know, like having your period obviously just happens, but like to, to not have it is also like a a process you have to go through to like understand because when you know something is sort of like naturally supposed to happen, but you're like preventing it. I can totally understand that you had to like 
yeah well, through that conversation and do quite a bit of processing because it's weird to go from like having it to not having it you know yeah and then it's funny because when I go to the doctor they're like when was your last period and I like and I'm literally like five years ago like I I don't even know you know like 2015 and they're like what yeah and like are you sure <laughs> but yeah that's, that's also fun yeah you brought up the gynecologist and I just thought that was interesting because I think like the age where like doctors start like recommending that you definitely go to a gynecologist isn't until you're like 20 or something like that and I always felt like that was really late like I remember like granted when I like started on birth control I was in high school like I was mostly doing it for like my acne like things like that so like just getting whatever prescribed whatever pill was totally fine but I do feel like it's interesting that you went at an earlier age because I remember like none of my friends like went to a gynecologist in high school and it wasn't really until like college or like later in college that people started going and I always just thought it was interesting because I feel like your bodies go through so much change and like there's so much happening like I think it'd be helpful to have like a specialist there who's like can really talk to you about it so what was it like like being a little bit younger and like going to gynecologist? I think at the time I didn't think it was that strange. Um, I think it was really that I hated my period and I needed something to be fixed. And I was like, I'm going to do anything to make that happen. But it was definitely strange because I feel like once I even like end of high school, early college was when like I started talking to my friends about them seeing a gynecologist, right? Like I got my IUD, I think three years before even anybody I knew had gotten one. So it was just, I felt like a little bit earlier on the timeline for certain things. And I feel like a lot of people were coming to me then about being like, should I get an IUD or like, should I be doing this? And I was like, well, this is what I've experienced. And it was weird to know that I was going through that a little bit sooner than I guess some people. And I think that it was just fortunate that I could go see a gynecologist is really what it was. It's just that like, I guess I was, I was also, I think at the time dancing ballet. So that was something to also really consider was it's really hard to be in the tights, like tights and a leotard when you're also going through your period and you like need to look perfect. And then at the same time, like you're bleeding and it was just a lot of things happening at once that I was like, I can't do this. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like the history of my periods. It's like one thing that I just couldn't handle at the time. So I was like, here's the solution. And that's just like how it played out, I guess. But yeah, it was, it, it felt like a lot of people were referring to me for like a lot of their answers. And I was like, I don't know if I know any of this. That's <laughs> Have you had, and this like might just be absolutely not, but I'm just curious, like since you've started working for Viv, have any of like, your friends like started asking you like weird period questions thinking like you're an expert now? Like, have you gotten any of that? Yeah, totally. I feel like some people are like, uh, what about this? And I'm like, I'm going to remind you again that I don't have my period and I can't tell you. And it's so frustrating because I know that like our products are so good and it's like so cool to see like people's reactions to them. But I'm like, I would love to be able to try them and just like have that own testimonial of my own. But it's just, it's so funny when I'm like telling people about how great the products are because they're like, have you used them? And I'm like, I would. (laughs) Yeah, what if I could, but just doesn't make any sense. I'm super unlucky and don't get my period. (laughs) That's so funny because, like, I know for me, like, in talking to some of the other members of the team, I was, like, asking, like, you know, what everyone likes about the products and, like, what people's favorite products are. And I was asking, like, 
forget who I was talking to, but I was talking, we were talking about like menstrual cups and then like whether or not people would be like comfortable using um, like period panties and things like that. But it's like for you, you're like, well, <laughs> don't bleed. So how much? They sound super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also do think it's really interesting in general. Like I think probably a lot of these things have been around a lot longer than I knew about, but like, I just tried the cup for the first time this year and haven't still haven't tried the period panties, but like I'm not not entirely opposed. That one like is still like a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it's just so interesting to see like all the innovation in the space that like mm-hmm. I didn't know was happening until like I kind of started seeing more of that through Viv, really. Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of things I really would have never known about a menstrual cup, to be honest with you. Um, I was doing some research and there's like new things about like menstrual discs and like weird other things. So like, that's a really cool thing that like I've done like just more research about the space and like learning like from market research and realizing that there's a lot of innovation out there that, um, and I'm like, how does that even work as most of my questions. And it's um, really fascinating to see. Yeah. The menstrual disc is an interesting one to me. I've heard like, I think I've really only seen one and it it functions like pretty similarly to the menstrual cup, right? It just sits like further up, I think is my understanding. I believe so. (laughs) It just seems really cool to me. They all fascinate me. And Mm -hmm. I think it's funny. I, as, as you probably know, um, I'm very vocal on Instagram about my love for the cup. Whenever Viv posts anything about the cup, I'm like, I love it. Everyone go get it. And I've had a lot of like random people, not random people, but like people who aren't like my closest friends, like DM Mm -hmm. me about it and be like, wait, I've always wanted to try one. Like, should I try it? And I feel like everyone kind of just, just needs like one real human that they know to, to say, no, it's not weird. It's not gross. Like just try it. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I almost feel like Viv kind of functions as that. Like Viv is like that brand that like, at least for me, like since it's a small company, since like I get to see Katie's face, like it's not just like this faceless brand and this like monolith. It's like a a very personal company. I'm like, Oh, I trust to put out. I would use that. Like, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I so feel that. Like, I feel like the menstrual cup is a very, like, you look at it and you're like, what do I do with it, right? Um, And I think that what we've been trying to do, at least, has been, here's how you use it. Here's what you can do with it. Here's how you can, like, what it tells you about your body. And I think it's a cool way to, like, learn a lot about it. I think I've learned a lot, like, on my own, too. Um, And just, like, telling people about it. I'm like, we have these resources that we've made because we have these questions. So we're answering them because we also thought of the same things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean like it's, it's new for everyone, right? Like at any point it's going to be someone's first time using the menstrual cup and like, we're all going to have the same questions. Like how the hell do I put this inside of my body? Because I don't understand it. Um, and I, I, I think anything, but especially the menstrual cup, like takes a little getting used to and it's like, Mm -hmm. You like finicky, and so like having kind of a resource where you can ask your quote unquote stupid questions um, and like not feel the shame is like I think really awesome. And I think like if you don't have a friend around the corner who's using one, like I do think Viv is like a great resource for that, which I think is really cool because I don't think you get that from a lot of other brands. That kind of like humanity to it, if that makes sense. I hear that completely. Yeah, I think like Katie almost being the face of a lot of the things that we do and like always being on our Instagram and like having a lot of our like product shots with our faces. Like, so a lot of our products are with 
people in our company and like our interns and stuff. And I think that's a super cool way to keep everybody involved, but it's also like, we are real people you like, and we like represent who we're trying to like bring into with us. Totally. Totally. On the day to day, like, is it weird being like, I don't know how to ask this. Like you're, you're a company of like young relatively the same age menstruators like marketing to a company of like probably the same demographic is that do you think that's like I mean I have to imagine that's like a strength like I have to imagine that like makes it makes you a stronger company because that alignment is like so there and that relatability is like so there yeah um I think that our morals are very like we are we know who we are and we stick to that really well um so it's kind of so like choosing what we do is very, it's almost easy in a way because it's like, this is how we would buy things. Like this is what sells to us when we like scroll through social media or we shop online. Like we want to, we typically want to buy for, from companies who are like mission driven and are doing good for the world because that's kind of where like the direction of just who we are as people are really headed in. Um, so it's like a really neat thing to be able to do and it's also really cool because we've realized when it comes to like investors and stuff like that it's been a lot of explaining um because sometimes they're a little bit older and and I'm gonna be honest I have to get my sister to explain me TikTok and I was like I'm like barely out of college and I'm like tell me about this platform um and it took me like a long like I don't even have an account right now I just have the app and for a while I would just scroll because I was like whatever um and then I recently updated, this is completely irrelevant, but I recently updated it and now you need an, an account. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but, um, maybe soon. But so that's been kind of cool to be like very involved. And I also feel like with my old job, I was like, I cannot be on social media. Like I just felt like there was a very strong disconnect between what I was doing in at work and out of work. And so now it just, I don't know this works super well for like um, work-life balance, but I feel like being out of work, like sometimes I like see people's packages and I'm like, tell me all about how they got it to you. Or like, what kind of size are they putting like items in? Are they loose? Are they like packages? And just like how it's overflowed has been uh, a really cool thing to have experience. Cause I feel like a lot of companies are innovating and a lot of the companies that um, we are buying from are, newer and younger and like have a younger outlook and so that's been a really cool way to like work um knowing that what we think is cool is also other people's cool i've said that so many times but like i really think that like what we do is really considering what other people think is cool because i mean we think it's cool i mean like we're like the coolest people ever so (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so do you like in your role get to like talk to people who are using the products much like do you have to are you doing any like i don't know like customer feedback like is that stuff that you look at or is that out outside of your purview um i really haven't interacted with a lot of customers per se um i think i'm more of like the back end is what i would kind of argue i definitely play a lot more with like the analytics of stuff or at least that's what i've been doing lately with like our sales and just who we're selling to, the demographics of who we're selling to, seeing like what works, what didn't work, what makes people feel like they're like on this journey with us and what's kind of just holding them back from like, let's say purchasing or like going further with their involvement with our company. Um, And just like seeing 
I see customer interaction, but more on like a third party standpoint than being like directly with them, which I definitely left to like Katie and Izzy because I feel like they're more of the front facing side of us. <laughs> Have, have you had, like, in kind of, like, looking at some of the, the data that you've kind of pulled, are there any, like, surprising trends or, like, interesting things that you've, like, seen or uncovered that you found, like, I don't know, either not what you expected or just kind of interesting? Um, well, so obviously recently um, Black Friday had happened, and looking at that a lot, I found it was really quite interesting that I wonder if most of our sales, like, drew a lot of people to our website, but then people found the menstrual cup and were like, I want that. Like, I think that what happened was they saw that we were having a sale and they were like, let's check this out. And then our menstrual cups weren't even on sale and people were like, that's what I want to buy. Oh, interesting. So I thought that that was like really fascinating because then that, I feel like for, for me, at least it really tells me that like we are looking at consumers who are really about the sustainability and like lowering their waste and using their money wisely um, and like really looking for something that's reusable, better for the like, um, environment and stuff like that. And then I thought that that was just super interesting because our sale was actually on our subscriptions. But I guess people were just really interested in menstrual cups. And we found that like when people learn about the menstrual cup, they're like, that's what I want. And then it takes them a little bit of time to like use it per se, but um, it usually is something that very much sells to our consumer. That's really interesting. Do you think there's a way that you could in the future like obviously the, the menstrual cup purchase is like a, a one-time purchase, but do you think to whatever degree you can share, I don't really know what, what roadmap you have that is or is not um, up for discussion, but like, would there be like a menstrual cup, like cleanser or something like that that you could see being in like sort of like a subscription model that you could like weave in? Yeah, definitely. Um, we definitely considered a menstrual cup cleanser. We're looking a little, we're a little bit more focused on like, newer products versus the existing line so we're definitely like launching tampons very soon and that's kind of our focus but it's definitely like we're going to launch tampons and then we're going to think about like our products are on our line so like let's talk about menstrual cup cleaners and like how people use liners with their menstrual cups or like how people don't necessarily use one item at a time and figuring out the best way to just have people get what they want in a very simple like subscription model you know so that it's like a very easy like I don't need to think about it each month, but it happens and everything is just like everything about your period is just easier. Totally. I love that. Like I, I, that's my whole thing is that like the reason I love the menstrual cup, like more than the sustainability aspect, more than like anything else is that it's just like a lot easier. Like mm -hmm. for whatever reason, changing my tampon is like the biggest inconvenience in the entire world. Like I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And so just like having to do that less often and like not having to like worry about it or think about it is really nice. Like for me, it was always really anxiety inducing to think like, Oh, I'm going to be like gone all day. I'm going to have to go to a public bathroom and change my tampon, like whatever. And to be able to like wear the cup for like an extended period of time is just like really a relief for me and I I love that like I think that the subscription model like you were just saying like really plays into that like it, it just simplifies everything so you don't have to think about it and like it takes one thing off of your plate like you know what I mean like mm -hmm. everyone has so many things to think about you don't want to think about oh shit I have to go to the the store to pick up like tampons this week to not have to think about that is huge for for people our age who have so much going on or like even going on a trip and being like, I'm just going to bring one menstrual cup and that's all I need the entire time versus having to pack like 
I might have my period for like seven days and all the items that go along with that. Um, yeah, it's so much easier. I remember when I was going to study abroad, I was studying abroad in Ecuador and I remember they told me ahead of time that they don't like the tampons that they sell in Ecuador. And I think in a lot of countries outside of the U S like didn't have applicators. So a lot of people suggested like you just bring your own tampons. So I remember bringing like so many tampons. <laughs> like I was packing like Ziploc bags for <laughs> tampons because I was like so stressed out that I was going to like have to use a tampon that didn't have an applicator and I wasn't going to be able to figure it out, whatever. And now thinking mm-hmm. back, I'm like, wow, how much space could I have saved in my space <laughs> if I had had a menstrual cup when I studied abroad? Yeah, it's also really interesting that like most people, like in our research for tampons, um, most countries besides for the U.S. use like not like digital or, or I think that's what they're called um, tampons. So they're just the tampon part of it, and like you don't have an applicator and you just use that. And I think that that's super interesting because that seems so foreign to me and yet it's like what most of the world does you know I wonder why that is like I wonder what it is about the U.S. that decided like we need to add plastic to this like because I have to imagine that there was like I mean obviously there's like ease of insertion right like having the applicator make mm-hmm. it easier but like I guess now that I've used the menstrual cup I can totally imagine inserting an, a tampon without an applicator but like before that, I think it would have been like, how would I get it up there? Like, mm-hmm. how would that work? Um, and it is super interesting because I think like, yeah, like you said, most of the world like doesn't, doesn't have the digital ones or whatever. So the fact that like, that's almost exclusively, and, and I, you kind of alluded to this, like, is that most of like, as you kind of did some market research, is that mostly what people like were responding saying that they would prefer is having the applicator when you guys were like looking at getting tampons? Yeah, for sure. Like just within the U.S., I feel like if you go to any type of um, drugstore, it's just applicator tampons, right? And it just depends on like the types and like the compact ones versus the long ones or whatever. Um, but they're usually with the applicator. And I feel like abroad, it was a very different vibe, right? Like they're more no applicators or they're like, I think even abroad more so is more about sustainability and like using less plastics where I think sometimes America is a little bit more plastic heavy um just on a general sense but yeah I don't even think like if I went to like the pharmacy down the street like I don't even think they would maybe they have like tampons without applicators but I would be shocked I feel like I've never Mm -hmm. even seen those on shelves or if I have they're probably tucked behind all like the bright pink and purple like shiny boxes like with applicators that's really interesting it's funny to think of like in general, like how much un or like wasteful plastic, like how much unnecessary plastic is put into these products, like the applicator. And then just like, I think it's like some of the packaging and how like, you know, every single pad is like wrapped in a plastic, like individual little mm-hmm. thing, just tear off and throw away to like get the adhesive part. Like there's so much that I never thought about until I started using those products. And even when I started using those products, I had no idea that the wrapper was biodegradable. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is, I I had, like, no idea how much plastic I could be saving by, like, switching to these products. Yeah, for sure. And then when it comes to, I feel like when I started here, I was, 
I learned a lot about the company and I knew a lot about it beforehand, but I also learned that like a lot of our products are packaging, like all of our things that we use for our products are also very like eco-friendly. And I didn't realize that some of the other brands that really label themselves as sort of similar weren't like to the same extreme almost that we are at where we like all of our packaging that we've made sure that we will not get it unless it's like recyclable or compostable. And that's just true for everything that we've done because we want to have a smaller eco footprint when it comes to this. And um, that's just been something that we've really been focusing on and talking to a lot of companies about producing that type of good is sometimes a little bit harder because it's not necessarily what most of the other companies that they're working with are going towards right away. So it's finding like the right resources to build the product that we want. And that's been a really fun journey to go down. Yeah, that's really cool. Cause I, I guess I didn't, again, I don't think so much about like the, the end process of like what goes mm-hmm. through that, like to, to get the product that you want with like made the way you want it. Is that, is that a process that you're like heavily involved in? Like, for example, with the tampons right now and like, how does that look in terms of like, how much back and forth is there? Like how much say do you guys have? Like if you can, if you can share any of that. Um, I don't know how much I can share about it, but we've definitely been trying to work with one company who they have provided us with a lot of options that are, we need it to be at a minimum recyclable. Um, and we want, so like if we're going to use plastic, we're going to make sure it's recyclable. So we've been working with a company to make sure that all of our packaging, like um, the boxes that your pads come in, the boxes that the um, any of our products come in are all eco-friendly and not like just going to go to a landfill and just sit there forever. And so that's been like a really important part of what we've been doing, especially when it comes to our supply chain, because we know that that's something that's really important to us. And it's also really important to our consumers. So we don't want to like cut any corners when it comes to that, because sort of what we do now is going to set the path for like what we do in the future. And we want to keep it very like strong throughout. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I I think it's like, I think it's something important for me more and more as a consumer to like, think about what goes into every product that I'm buying. Like for so long, I just didn't question Mm -hmm. any of that because I didn't think to. And now like seeing sort of like the visibility that Viv has makes me like kind of want and expect that level of like transparency from other companies that I buy from. And if I don't get that, I'm like, well, what are they hiding? Like what kind of like unsustainable practices are they partaking in that they don't want me to know about? Yeah. Oh my God. Sometimes I just like go through my regular life where I'm like, I do this every day. And then I realize like, do I need to be wasting this every day? Like, is this really like the best way to go about it? And I really change my mindset a lot because being able to work in a space that allows for me to think that way and then to also um then be able to live especially since we've been home so much it's really easy to like think about that um like when i was at the law firm we would go through i swear a tree a day and like we'd just be printing things forever and it was kind of really it felt kind of good to be home because then we knew that like these papers weren't being printed on (laughs) like to be completely honest there it was one of the first things that we had thought about was that how much less paper we were using because everybody was home. It's super interesting. And I was, I was actually just talking to this a little bit um, on another podcast, but I do think it's interesting in general, um, like COVID in a lot of ways limited people's ability to be like sustainable because you couldn't bring your own reusable cup to the coffee shop and you couldn't like bring your own like reusable bag to the grocery store 
But it's also really interesting to think of like on the flip side of that at a more macro level, how it's like, has how it's had almost positive impacts on the environment because like you know people aren't printing stuff and like mm-hmm. people aren't driving their cars to go to work every day and it's like I think early on we heard things about like oh like the the hole in the ozone layer is like getting better yeah. but like it's super interesting to to think about how like all of those not like minor but like you printing a lot of paper at a law firm like when everyone in the world stops doing that because of a pandemic Mm -hmm. like that is that actually has like massive repercussions yeah and like people buying in bulk and just not going out as often has for my sustainability journey I think that it's been great to be completely honest it's also just like convenient when you're at home like you can try things that like aren't necessarily convenient like I don't know like I can't think of a good example but like even just like when I was going to work and like packing a lunch, like I would use like a Ziploc bag or something like that. Cause I was going to the office, but now like I just get up from my desk and I go to my kitchen and make stuff and there's no plastic involved. It's like little things yeah. like that, that like, because I'm not leaving the house because I'm not going to buy a coffee because I'm not packing a lunch and taking it somewhere. I'm using less like single use plastic and I'm like doing a lot of things. I think sort of without trying, I'm just being a better sustainable person. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also think like, I don't know if this is true for you, but I feel like when I was in the office, there were certain things that I did because I felt like that was the norm to do. So I needed to like conform to that in some ways. Um, But now that I'm home, I'm like, who's going to see me and my roommates? Like they could care less about what I'm doing or like how I'm using like the stuff that I'm using in my areas. Cause I'm like, what are like, you know, we're just home. Like, I don't think it really has the same impact as like people who I like see once, like maybe like at work and that's it. Totally. And I think that might speak a lot about how I feel about people thinking about me, but that's just like a thing that also has like gone through my brain. That's super true. I do think it's funny, the whole like working from home and like the Zoom world that we live in, like even over the course of the pandemic, I'm like more, like I care less and less about like, I mean, I care about my appearance like on work calls and things like that, but just (laughs) the whole like mental shift that I've gone through from like, like you said, like being hyper aware of like what you were doing in like a public environment to like now having no one watching you. Um, and for me, it's like on the other end where I'm like, sometimes I forget that I'm on a Zoom call and I'm like, people can see me yeah. and like, you know, twiddling my pen or like doing something ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> um, maybe like before we just wrap up here, um, we can just talk a little bit more about like periods in general. I know you don't really have a period, so you can't share any like massive, uh, hilarious, like embarrassing period stories, but is there anything that like you would like to have like told your younger self about like your period, especially when you first got it, anything you could have advice you would have given yourself or just like a little pep talk, anything like that, especially now, like being the person that you are and being able to talk about it with such confidence. Yeah, I think first of all, it's normal. And like, I think it's similar to like the idea of farting, like everything is normal. <laughs> like, I don't think it should be embarrassing. And I think that people should just really normalize that. And I would have wanted to like hound that into my brain. So I would have had like a little bit of an easier journey. I also think that what we've been learning a lot is with the subscription, we were trying to figure out sort of what the best subscription model would be, right? To have the right number of products with each of our months and like figure out what would make consumers like how it would mold to them. Right. And so I sent out a survey and I was sort of like, tell me all about your period. Like, tell me if 
how many times you get it a month, like how many times you buy products, how many you use every time, like all of that stuff. And what I really learned was that like nobody's the same, like at all, like nobody uses the same like products. People try all different things. They have vastly different periods. Some people have periods for three days and some people have them for like 10, you know, it's really not like there's no normal to it, but then that makes it so normal because everybody's so different, you know, like different is sort of like the normal there, um, which seems kind of cliche, but that's what I've learned a lot. And I've really been playing with that a lot because I'm like, so even though I think my period is weird, cause like I don't get it. And like things are, um, I had like a weird journey to where I am now. I learned that that's a lot of people, you know, like not every, like what people say that are normal isn't really what most of the people experience, right? There's like, that's why it's normal because there's a distribution that's like beyond that. And so that's definitely something that I wish I had known even before, I guess, entering this. Cause I would have had that in the back of my mind being like, we can't build a subscription model that's one size fits all, right? Cause that's not how we as people are. Um, so realizing that and figuring out, and I wish I had thought about it sooner to like figure it out and figure out a way to like make our subscriptions or just our company conform to everybody versus thinking like, Oh, it's like, so going to work out that people are just going to want this one item every month, you know? And like, that's been a really cool journey to be on, I guess. I love that. I love (laughs) what you, like the way you phrased it, you said it was like, if that made sense or whatever, but like the idea of everyone's periods being so different that that's what makes it normal. Like that there is no one size fits all. Like, I think that's just really, that was, that would have been reassuring for me to hear when I got my period at like 13 or whatever. And it's also like reassuring for me to hear now. Cause like everyone has their own experience and like none of those things, like as long as you're like healthy and you're, you're kind of like addressing mm-hmm. any issues that need to be addressed, like whatever your period is, is what it is. And like, no need to freak out if it's not the same as like your, you know, the, the menstruator next to you, but, um, that that all is okay. And like in the grand scheme of things, like your period's your period. And if it doesn't look like anyone else's, that doesn't mean it's wrong. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was great. Thank you so much, Catherine. This was such a fun conversation. I really appreciate you sharing all your uh, viv insights with us. And thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Thank <laughs> you.